Hello everyone, this is Afro Jacquet and I'm hosting the Law Industries podcast. Today is my 12th episode and this is really very exciting for me because I'm going to interview someone who is supporting sustainability, women empowerment, who is working for disabled children and trying to empower them for a better life. So I'm welcoming Lady B from US. Uh, hello. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm really excited to be here with you today. And um, yeah. I thank you so much for the beautiful garments that you made for me. All right, thank you. Um, I, I thought you liked them. That's why I uh, tried to send the the one you would like in my Instagram post. So happy to know that you like them. I really liked also that um, the exchange of learning about um, a new style of altering yeah. clothing that I didn't know about before. So thank you for teaching me something new. All right, thank you. And basically, um, I'm trying to promote the slow and sustainable fashion through my business and through my activism on social media. I think social media is a great platform um, to show your activism, to promote good things, good ideas. And that's why I'm trying my best. And I'm happy to know that you are also promoting sustainability, women empowerment, and one of the greatest um, things that you do is you're working for the underprivileged people like uh, disabled children who really need support from us. Okay, so um, I'm excited to learn new things from you regarding women empowerment, sustainability, um, promotion of sustainability and climate justice, uh, women's leadership in sustainable fashion revolution and climate justice, uh, some thoughts about the shadow pandemic, uh, or we can, say, we can say domestic violence. Okay, so I, I think we need some introduction from you. Uh, please tell us something um, about yourself. Okay. Um, I started my Instagram page and Lady B during the pandemic as a way to um, share some of my creativity with others. And my um, inspirations for fashion come from the queer community and from pop culture icons like Madonna, Lady Gaga, Prince, and also from um, family members who modeled style for me as a young child. Okay. So you have got a very different and uh, what can I say, privileged lifestyle, I think. Because um, still in the modern world, in uh, developing countries, poor countries, even in some um underprivileged communities in the developed countries like usa um uk and any european countries 
many women are still um, facing challenges and they uh, don't have a flexible lifestyle. They are uh, mostly um, controlled by their family members, by the social, uh, social and cultural norms and lots of things that women face. Okay, so uh, you can share your ideas about your childhood or uh, your lifestyle there. Okay, well, I I grew up in a, a in a poor single with a poor single mother. She had me at a very young age. I was born right after she finished high school. She was also from a a family where there was a lot of violence, and she has PTSD from that experience. Um, I. I um, I learned independence from my mother, who um, became who came out to me as a lesbian when I was 13. She okay. took care of my brother and I independently, and um, she taught me to be strong and independent. And through her, I learned that if I had children at a young age, that I would be um, tethered to poverty. So I was very careful not to have children or to get pregnant. And, um, and I decided later in life that was the best choice for me. And now I am a single woman with no children and I do have a lot of freedom and I'm very grateful for that. Okay, great to know. So um, you have already faced some realities um, you have already uh, saw something challenging in your family as you're talking about your mother. Anyway, so what do you think about women's empowerment? And why is it important for every woman? What do you think about it? It is not possible to have a healthy society without women having power, without women having a voice, without women having some sense of control in their lives. Women are the bearers of life and they are, they are very, very responsible for the upbringing of children. And without empowering women, we can't change any of the problems in our world. We need that voice and that um, that experience that women have to end some of the corruption. Yeah, that's true. So basically, um, education is very important for women to get empowered and they really need some autonomy, some liberty, some freedom, which they say, in their political life, in their social economic uh, activities. And I, I believe um, if the state systems and the societies uh, come together and address this issue, women can do better because women have all the qualities, women have all the strengths, but they actually, um, face challenges to show their excellence because they they have little opportunities, little scope to prove themselves, to uh, do their best. Okay. So what is your thought about 
education of women. Do you think um, your country uh, and your community are facilitating women to get educated and empowered? I live in um I live in a university town, and we're part of a our community has five colleges. Yeah. So uh, education in my per in my realm is very important, and there's definitely a lot of opportunities for women in my area to attain education. I mean, in our schools here in the district that I'm in, are some of the best schools in the country, and um. Even even the poorest children in this town get an incredible education and access to cultural experiences that kids in other communities who are poor don't get. Okay. So, um, what do you think about sustainability and sustainable fashion? Do you think women can lead the sustainable fashion revolution more effectively and wisely? I do believe so because women have always been the hands, the labor behind um, the garments work. Um, and I've seen women throughout my life who so my grandmother is a quilter and she would use scraps of fabric to make quilts and before that time women got together in, in circles and did yeah. um, quilting bees together so women have a really strong power of forming communities around right. um, practical work and meeting the needs of their communities like during war times and different things women have come together and made garments and things that soldiers have needed also during the women's march uh, women from all over the country knitted um pussy hats yeah. and that was an amazing movement um all done by hand and led by women yeah great actually um women have a greater role to play in this regard because women can understand the best that they are the worst sufferers for climate uh, disasters and for any any crisis in the planet and women are more caring about um, sustainability and environment I, I believe and I, I've also um, uh, got some idea from uh, some blog posts uh, where um, I can see that women are leading the sustainable fashion revelation and sustainable lifestyle all over the world and it's really remarkable. Even a study by Harvard University, Harvard Business School uh, concludes that women in executive roles tend to encourage more corporate social responsibility efforts than their male counterparts. So uh, this is really amazing um, because women have have to play their role also in leadership in corporate sectors because uh, we all know that corporate sectors 
especially industries, garment industries are mostly responsible for uh, climate uh, disaster, what we say, carbon emissions, global warming, and so many more. So I think uh, here in the corporate sectors, empowerment of women is really very important, at least at, at this time. Yeah. Okay, so another question for you. Do you think climate change has more devastating impacts on women and girls and their mental health comparing to men? Um, I believe so, because um, many women are living in poverty and people living in poverty are the worst affected by climate change. They live in the more devastating areas and the impacts are harsher. Yeah, right. So actually, um, we can uh, relate it to the present pandemic. Uh, the shadow pandemic uh, is, is really devastating. The even women say domestic violence is a shadow pandemic and during this pandemic of COVID-19, uh, women uh, are really facing too much domestic violence around the world and which is very alarming. And that's why uh, the even women has termed uh, domestic violence as a shadow pandemic and they are running a campaign against domestic violence and gender equality. So it's, it's really pathetic that uh, women are uh, going through lots of challenges because of this crisis, global crisis. And I think um, due to the crisis, women are uh, facing more challenges in their households because of financial stress, job loss, and, and many more. Because when um, we know lots of people uh, have lost their jobs and uh, when they don't have jobs, they uh, become frustrated, depressed and the ultimate result is frustration, depression and then violence. And, and they try to humiliate and torture their women and girls in the families. So ultimately, women are the sufferers. Though they can't do anything at, at this point because they are not responsible, but they are the victims ultimately. And in, in poor countries like Bangladesh, India, Nepal, and in other uh, Muslim countries or uh, other backward societies, women are really already victim and uh, this is a great challenge for them. So it's really uh, affecting women more, uh, women and girls, and their uh, mental health because the humiliation, violation, as all are devastating and uh, women have to go through depression frustration and so much challenging scenarios for these things.
Besides raising awareness about the shadow pandemic, are there any um, resources or um, agencies who are reaching out to women who may need help? Well, the United Nations um, uh, body, which is UN Women, uh, they are actually trying to raise our needs and they are trying to convince uh, states to take steps uh, and to uh, take policies to help women to uh, raise awareness and to make laws so that women are better equipped, women can get help from state systems, from law enforcement agencies, and from their families. And the ultimate uh, purpose of raising such awareness is to help women, to protect women, uh, to help their uh, growth and uh, empowerment. But it, it really uh, will need time to make things better because the uh, ultimate situation is, is really very bad. The states are actually uh, primarily responsible to protect women and girls and uh, to protect them from any kinds of assaults, humiliation or um, operation. And there are many NGOs and international NGOs who are trying to convince people to um, promote women empowerment and and raise awareness against those violations. It, it's really a shame that um, this much uh, abuse and lack of resources and education is going on in the modern world that sexism is still so rampant and yeah. that women are struggling so hard. Yeah, really. And it's, it's really um, very bad to know uh, that even women says one in three women, even before the COVID-19 pandemic, one in three women worldwide experience physical or sexual violence, mostly by an intimate partner, which could be their uh, uh, husband or boyfriend or someone like that. So it's, it's really alarming. I think the I think what I sense is that most women don't really have a strong sense of safety, even if yeah. they live in a relatively safe community. Women always feel like they have to be on guard that something could happen to them. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so um, we can talk about racism now. Okay. What is your opinion about racism or colorism? Other topic that we can discuss and which is also um, prevalent in USA, in African communities also. And it's also uh, prevalent in Asian communities, colorism. So what is your opinion about racism and colorism? Well, in the United States, we still are struggling with racism, but yeah. I think worldwide, there is also um, 
racism as countries that have been um, colonized are suffering from poverty and lack and the United States and other countries that are predominantly um, white controlled are are responsible to make sure that fairness and justice is is seen I mean there's plenty of places where people can't access clean water and it's just it's not fair that resources are being so hoarded and that full mainly white people wealthy people are are not 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 acting responsibly to make sure that their neighbors their communities and other countries have what they need yeah so right now uh, in america uh, racism is really um devastating issue because uh we we all can see the stop asian hate uh, movement is going on and uh, due to the uh, covid-19 um the racist people are attacking asian people there asian communities and it's also good to know that many people are um coming uh, to help them and uh playing their part to raise awareness it's all about actually racism to discriminate and to show violence because of uh, the origin because of um race beliefs and many more and uh, you may know that um racism and colorism both are uh existing in USA and uh, mostly in asian communities people face colorism in indian uh, communities in usa in uk and even in india and bangladesh and some other countries from south asian countries uh they practice racism and colorism uh colorism is something like in the same community people with lighter skin humiliate the uh, people with a uh, slightly darker skin and it's also prevalent in african community uh african people with a lighter skin uh tend to humiliate to um what can i say to discriminate against the uh people with uh black or darker skin from the same community so it's not that only white people are trying to um show racist uh, behavior it's also from the african community from the black community so it is really a very bad thing it's really very bad practice is a social cultural means as well but um i think even from the black communities we should think about it because they are are, are actually demanding justice but they are doing the same thing same injustice 
I think I think it it might come from internalized racism, like learned yeah. racism. Um, it's and I think it's part of suffering from having to cope with racism as well. Yeah. Fortunately, like I think the trauma presents itself in sometimes ugly ways. Yeah. So uh, at this present world, it's really um, very bad practice because we have uh, access to resources, we have access to information, and we meet people from various backgrounds. So there should be an inclusive environment, but we are not prioritizing dignity, what we call human dignity or human rights. And we really need to address these issues from every family, from every community, from every country and in the global level. So we can now talk about the impacts, the mental impacts. What do you think about the uh, impacts on mental health that is actually um, happened because of racism or racist um, discrimination or colorism. What do you think about it? Well, I think a lot of hopelessness comes from the experience of being discriminated and having a few opportunities. When your opportunities are limited, your scope, your vision of life is also limited. And without having a sense of um possibility yeah can start to lose hope in life and that can lead to you know depression and probably rage just anger like for being so mistreated yeah and what do you do, what do, you do with all those feelings you know Um, it, it really is it's a trauma racism is a trauma on people who have to experience it and they need yeah. some they need some support to deal with the trauma and yeah we really need to think about this we really need to make a change because we humans have the responsibility to make the planet a better place to live in for ourselves and for our future generations. Okay, so I would like to share some points about women's empowerment. Uh, United Nations Global Compact. They shared some points about women empowerment, some principles. So they published seven principles to women uh, empowerment in the workplace, in marketplace, and in their community and personal lives, professional lives, everywhere. So I would like to share uh, the points with my audience and with you, of course. The principle uh, one is establish high level corporate leadership for gender equality. Principle two is treat all women and men fairly at work, respect and support human rights and non-discrimination. Principle three, ensure the health, safety, and well-being of all women and men workers. 
they actually include both men and women. I mean, from all all uh, sections, and they include all genders, not just women. So this is really good one. Principal four is promote education, training, and professional development for women. Principle five, implement enterprise development, supply chain, and marketing practices that empower women. Principle six, promote equality through community initiatives and advocacy, which is uh, like public awareness and, and different uh, seminars and something like that. And the last principle, measure and publicly report on progress to achieve gender equality. So this is actually the uh, uh, primary role of the states to uh, report on the progress in their countries, uh, how empowerment uh, is being achieved, how the state and other agencies are working or promoting. So if the states actually uh, follow these principles, I think there should be a very good um environment for women and for for everyone because when women are disempowered women are tortured women are challenged the whole society the whole community the countries actually move back so we really need to talk about this we really need to invest in women and girls so finally um i would like to ask you about objectification of women it's a very common issue and i personally try to um, raise awareness in social media about objectification of women it's really very common, particularly in media, in social media, in entertainment, and people are raising um, their voice against it. So what's your opinion about objectification? I think the media, the social media, the entertainment industry, all are victimizing and objectifying women in their places through different advertisement, through um, movie or uh, through different words. And in, in most cases, women are shown as like sexual objects. Like women are only for uh, sexual activities, women for um, like what can I say? They are just used, abused. And not the creativity, not the uh, talent, but the body and the sexuality. These are actually um, mostly prioritized, mostly shown. Even if you um, watch uh, an advertisement uh, relating to an ice cream, uh, chocolate, you will see the model is be having like like a sexual object something like that so I personally am against these things because 
in fact i i have uh, stopped watching music videos though i love music so much i have stopped it i i, I don't know uh, which was the last time when was the last time i saw a music video i don't know because it's, it's really it's really bad to see that women uh, are are shown like objects the male singers even the female singers they are presenting themselves as objects and i uh, i personally believe and i know from different uh, sources uh, that these are devastating these are responsible for depression of women lots of girls uh, go through depression because of these things they see on media and many um women from uh, black communities asian communities and everywhere from every country they they feel um like they feel very bad to come uh, to social media because of these things they feel disempowered they feel uh, humiliated because of these things and the media the um, social media and entertainment industry both they define beauty as like something sexy and they have actually established a definition of beautiful women and that's why um we also uh, see the uh, movement for body positivity many people are uh, coming forward and raising their voice and they are talking about body body positivity so we also need to address this issue as well what do you think about it i think that women's sexuality is powerful and uh, and the forces that are coming against women are objectification and poverty when women are poor they, they sometimes need to use their bodies to make money and when women are objectified they lose the strength of their sexuality women also do not get enough education about sexuality about birth control about their own pleasure about desire about healthy relationships with partners um these are all things that women need in order to have a healthy sexuality that isn't object about being an object that isn't about um marketing your sexuality or um feeling disempowered having to use it to survive women should feel empowered in their sexuality they should feel strength in it and it is very potent and it should be and women should hold that strength yeah. um when women's when women see that their sexuality is the only thing that people respect or desire about them it yeah. it it takes away the power of their identity as the human being to express creativity kindness love um there are other parts of women too that need to be celebrated and seen and um yeah. recognized 
Yeah. It's sad to feel like only one part of you is important to the people around you. Yeah, that's true. So we can hope that things will change and we can root out the social cultural means, the bad practices that is existing, um, that are existing in our communities and on media and everywhere. So actually, um, I believe every woman has a role to play and they need to feel confident about their body, about their color, appearance, size, their skills, their work, their ambitions. And women really need to change the social thoughts, the social myths. Because if we don't change, the society can't change us. And we, we really need to uh, make that mindset to change ourselves and to change the societies, the communities. Okay, all right, uh, it's really a um, very effective conversation. So thank you for your time. And anything uh, you would like to share with my audience? Is there anything you can share with my audience? <laughs> well, um, I started my Instagram page during coronavirus and I named it The Found Fashion because um, I found fashion when I was a young child. My family was very poor. We didn't have a lot of money for clothing. And when my great grandmother died, she uh, I inherited all of her gowns, her fur coats, her wigs, her costume jewelry. And through these articles of clothing and jewelry, I was able to uh, escape a world of poverty and live in kind of a fantasy world where I could create my own uh, miraculous world. So my dream is that one day uh, people will have more possibilities that it won't yeah. be a fantasy. That's, that's really great. We really need more possibilities, more opportunities. Yeah. Thank you, Afroja. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's really a very nice and effective uh, discussion. I think people will um, find it helpful. So I definitely enjoyed my time with you today. <laughs> I'm really grateful to you because of your cooperation. Thank you for your help. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so have a great day. Take care. All right. Take care. Thank you.